Welcome back to Bit Different, everybody. This is Satine. And this is Rob. Hi. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. It's been a long, fun, crazy week in Santa Cruz, California. Seriously, as, as much as like the previous episode <laughs> had like no time passing in between recording, this is like the most, almost the most time that could pass in between yeah, episodes. It's been about a week and a half since I've seen you. Yeah. Yeah, it's been... I mean, I had a great time away, though, so any time away for L- from L.A. for me is, like, just nice to time to veg, basically, and to recollect my thoughts. So this was, yeah, my, my time away. Well, I had a lot of, like, good things happen while you were gone. Not because you were gone, just while you were gone. Lies and deceit. <laughs> so, yeah, there's lots to, lots to talk about. So, like, first, let's yeah. talk about Santa Cruz. Okay. Like, do you, got, do you got stuff to talk about for your vacation? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if... Anybody out there has been to Santa Cruz, but it's kind of like this beachside, skater, surfer, seaside town. It's the official surf city, USA, and I know that Huntington Beach and Santa Cruz were both fighting. Well, Huntington Beach tried to take the title um, officially, and then Santa Cruz was like, no, we're the original surf city. So they actually had a legal battle between the two cities. Really? And nothing was really um, concluded until I think it was like 2011. And somebody wrote for some newspaper, and which kind of basically won Santa Cruz the official title of Surf City USA due to like their the vibe and the people and the way of life there that so. makes sense i mean yeah. like even if the surfing is better in huntington the city itself is more surfy right and um surfing first came to the usa through santa cruz from ah. hawaii from not hawaii but from um oh god moana Space. where oh. where's moana from hawaii um, well it's more specific. Oh, like a certain island from Hawaii? Um, it starts with P, I believe. I'm, I'm, I'm brain dead right now for my vacation. I think I'm getting a little bit sick, too. So no! my, my brain's a little foggy. So um, if it comes to me, I'll remember. But everybody's probably like, <laughs> Moana is from... Bleh! And I'm like, shit. <laughs> Duh. Um, so anyway, yeah. So we went to the boardwalk. We went to Travis and I went and saw the Jim Blossoms in the concert. The Jim Blossoms, yeah, it was dope on the beach. And so no Eddie Money this time. It was no the Eddie Gin Money Blossoms. this time. I got the Jim Blossoms, which is pretty cool because <laughs> I love the Jim Blossoms, and I am obsessed with the soundtrack from Empire Records. Mm. And their song on it has is literally my childhood, or at least my my early teens. So. Why are you petting your box in front of me? <laughs> we can talk about this later. It's just so nice. Oh, yes, we will, Rob. <laughs> Boxes are for bedrooms. <laughs> um, and yeah, I went to the bars. My friend Hazel and I, we tear up this place because this place looks like the kind of city where people like me and my friend Hazel would not survive. Like, we're trans, we're gender nonconforming, and these people are kind of rough, I'm not going to lie, and is the most accepting city I've ever been in. Well, that's good. Yeah, and I could go into, like, the roughest bar that I know of there, which is called Brady's Yacht House, or Yacht Club, and it's this little... Just tiny oasis of like what looks to be the most awful things could happen there. 
And yet everybody's just super cool and playing pool and just hanging out. And I love that the rough bar has the word yacht club oh, or I know, like in, the in the name of it. Like it has yeah. yacht. It's an ironic place because yes. you would think you'd die there and yet you thrive. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And um, what else happened there? I got some great Chinese food. And was it at a place where the, the restaurant name was a pun? No, it's called Omei. Okay, because I have found that like many restaurants in Santa Cruz have puns for names, like oh pe- yeah, yeah, Pizza, Pizza My, My Heart, Heart, the upper the upper crust, Kung Food. Like uh-huh. I've seen all sorts of pun names, yeah, especially on the be- uh, the boardwalk too. That makes sense. It's like Pun City, USA. Because yeah, like when I went to Santa Cruz <laughs> a long time ago, the Dipper like, Diner. Yeah, I found a lot of very cute business names. Yeah, so they're good for that. But um, yeah. And um, while I was there, I was actually on OkCupid, and this guy messaged me. And he's like, hey, this is going to sound crazy, but I listened to your podcast. And I was like, oh, really? That's so funny. And so we chatted for a little bit. And he's the one who gave me the recommendation on Omei, Ah. which had the best hot oil dumplings I have ever tasted. Plus, they had something called gluten rolls, and I'd never had a gluten roll before. But I'm guessing they were not gluten-free. No, it's like gluten rolled up into almost like a dumpling i guess it's really good hey you had me a dumpling like okay. it, you could have sort of said poison dumpling i'd be like "Ooh, a dumpling yeah, tell me it more was really good <laughs> and then later in the week another guy messaged me on okcupid and said he listened too what i know it's crazy so we got so two santa cruz is like santa our cruz. yeah that's like our our key demographic apparently yeah and now we have travis so there's three now what <laughs> oh my a god total of three seriously our listenership in santa cruz just went up by 50 percent it's so good right for all we know yeah there could be a lot more the, i mean i hope maybe there were some people that just were afraid to message you on tinder i know or okay cupid okay cupid yeah maybe there are people who are, who are just you know like intimidated by you i believe that's true yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah but to tie it all off i got back home safe and the next day after santa cruz my ritual is to watch the lost boys ah yeah Yes. And, of course, it was magical. I figured you'd watch that while you were up there. I used to do that, but then we'd already seen it, and I don't want to make my friends watch the same movie over and over. And it would eat up, like, what, two hours of vacation time. Right. When you could be, you know, eating Chinese food or or what have you. Totally. But if you are in Santa Cruz right now, as you're listening to this podcast today, the day it launches Wednesday, tonight they are playing... um, the 30th anniversary edition, because it's the 30th anniversary, of The Lost Boys on the Beach tonight for free. What? So go see it and tell me all about it because I want to hear because yeah. I wish I was there. Very and, nice. Yeah. And how about you? What have you been up to? It's been an eventful like bit. I actually like pulled out my notebook so I could write stuff down so I wouldn't forget oh, good. while you were gone. Yes. Uh, so uh, right after we recorded, like a couple days later uh, for the previous episode, I finished... Fraser. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. 264 episodes of excellence over. Excellence. Which I have to say, this. In quotes. The season finale was very touching. Like, it was interesting because, like, uh, everybody sort of is going, you know, or not everyone's going their separate ways, but, like, you know, the show, uh, Fraser is going somewhere else. And so everyone's saying goodbye to him. And it actually felt very much like. You were watching people like they're bringing a lot of their own personal emotions into that scene because, you know, they're all saying goodbye to each other. They worked together for 11 years. Yeah. And now they're saying goodbye. And it was actually really, really touching. Emotions come through in those scenes. Like Todd, um, Todd didn't watch my whole Frasier journey. 
he just happened to catch a few episodes here and there. And um, he happened to see a little bit of that. And then um, midway through the finale, he was like, wait, is this the final episode? I was like, yeah. He goes, is this the ending, end, yeah. end, end? And then at that point, like, he had to go to the bathroom or something. He was like, can you pause it? I don't want to miss, like, any of this. Because it was a really good episode. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, that was a, it was a good, it was a good experience. I'm glad I watched all of Frasier. Um, so then I was trying to figure out what is my next, uh, my next TV show conquest of a show I've never watched before. The Defenders. I, I don't know if I care about The Defenders. But it's out, and Sigourney Weaver is in it. I love her, but I didn't even finish season two of Daredevil. Do you have to watch all this to watch The Defenders? From what I hear, you at least should, like, I think you're actually supposed to watch both ups, both seasons of, of Daredevil and potentially Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jones and Luke Cage. And then I think you can read the Wikipedia of Iron Fist, because I hear it's bad yeah but like i do think they expect you to do the five seasons of research before this season that brings them all together well i won't but i will watch the defenders <laughs> just for sigourney weaver it's like the- i'm not i'm not connected to any of these characters daredevil i did see the first season it was good second season i didn't yes. watch though i fell off in the second season i just couldn't take it anymore oh, um no. yeah like my uh the company i work for actually did the did one of the trailers to the defenders oh yeah so cool. I'll have to ask uh I'll have to ask the team what they thought of it because yeah, yeah. I, I haven't watched it yet. Um, but yeah, so I've decided my next TV co- show conquest is The Killing. Oh my gosh! Okay, what's her face is in The Killing? Yes, Who we love Admiral Kane from Battlestar oh, Galactica. Yes, Michelle Forbes. Yes, uh, yeah, she is. Yeah, Mitch in it, and um, she's a voice in Half Life too. Uh, magic. Yeah, she's um like I did you watch that show? Uh, no, I I think I saw the first episode. Well, it's 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 good. I know that I think Travis and Crystal watched uh mm. pretty intensely. Um, and it's a show that I think got what two or three seasons on AMC before yeah. getting canceled, and then Netflix picked Brought it up it to finish it. Cool. So um, I'm excited about doing that. It's a much shorter show. I think it's like 43 episodes, and then it's over. So um, I'm seven episodes in. Okay. It's uh, it's cool. Um. Best description ever. The main reason I started watching is because I love Joel Kinnaman's voice. Um, ever since I heard him talking in House of Cards, season four, five. I haven't gotten that far into it. Um, yeah, he's a Republican candidate for office, and his voice is really good. And I was like, ooh. And so I decided, I looked him up, and I realized he was on The Killing. So I was like, oh, well, I'll, you know, give The Killing a go, I guess. Yeah. I started, and it's it's pretty good um and i it's interesting now that i mentioned that i watch it a lot of people i know are like that's like my favorite show like a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork really um, i yeah. might have to go back into it then so and funny thing though for having just finished fraser the killing takes place in seattle oh god so, it'll never leave us i know i haven't gone far from seattle because i'm Jeez, still there um, get out of that area it does actually represent seattle as being a little bit more gray and overcast than fraser does so yeah really enjoying it so far though um sweet and ashley johnson from the last of us is in it as well huh wow so okay um and then during that whole thing uh since i'm still you know same old same old i'm still recovering from surgery so like weekends i tend to just lay on the couch um yeah but you're moving and shaking oh yeah well by week i'm moving and shaking so when the weekend comes i'm just like i'm not moving or shaking (laughs) i'm just staying here uh so um I uh, love, 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 love Wet Hot American Summer. 
I'm a crazy oh, fan of that. Mo- I'm a crazy fan of the movie. Of the movie. I've seen the movie probably 50 times. Oh, I feel something bad's going to happen right now. No, like, and I enjoyed the first day of camp season of the show that the Netflix prequel. did. Yeah, I enjoyed the prequel series. I enjoyed it because it gave me answers and explained some stuff, but it wasn't the best show, but it was still funny. And as a fan, I enjoyed it. Okay. And then Todd and I watched the entire season of 10 Years Later mm-hmm. in one day last week. good. Loved it. Oh. Loved okay. it. Um, Fell off a little bit by the end of the season, but totally worth it for being four hours. It was just a great four hours. It's really funny. Wait, the whole season is four hours? It's eight episodes at 30 minutes each. Huh. It's uh. short. But it was great. It's really funny. Yeah, I never... I. You know what? I honestly don't even remember Wet Hot American Summer, the movie. Oh. It's been that long since I've seen it. So I never saw the first season on Netflix, and I haven't seen this one. Well, like, it's you should watch the movie again because it's great. Uh, even like the DVD, it's one of the few movies I've watched with the directors or the cast and crew commentary for the entire thing. I've watched the entire movie with the commentary on. And hmm. also they have an extra soundtrack on the DVD that is the movie with additional fart sound effects added to it. Of course. Just because. Um, uh-huh. And then I also even on Netflix watched the documentary about the making of it called uh, Hurricane of Fun, which is all footage they shot while they were making it. And it's really, really, it makes you super jealous you weren't there while they were shooting it because it looks like it was a lot of fun to make. Wait, should we do that throughout our podcast? Just do fart noises? <laughs> yeah, just rando fart noises. Um, Sweet. <laughs> so um i have a couple other things i've been up to do you have anything else that, like that you, i don't want to just dominate this <laughs> as i have part sound effects right now is there anything else that you've been up to uh there's a solar eclipse oh yeah i didn't so i didn't even write that down you don't even care no I, there's a photo of me like with the glasses staring into the the sun okay well, yes, it was pretty cool, huh? It was cool. Yeah. Everybody in my office piled into the, the parking lot, and we all just stared at the sun. Nice. That's cool. That's yeah. very American of you. Did, you. did you take advantage of it? Did you go and um, did you wear the glasses or do I a wore the camera? glasses. I went on the rooftop. My neighbor had a solar binoculars. So we, we did the whole nine yards. Nice. Well, we yeah. got, like, what, 70% coverage in LA? Yeah, 70, 75. Yeah. It, it looked like a... Orange moon. It looked like a giant banana. A giant orange crescent banana. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Well, yeah. whoop de doo That's what I say. whoop de doo <laughs> Hey, the majesties of the of the cosmos deserve our admiration. That's true. That's pretty neat. <laughs> whoop de doo <laughs> Wow. All right. Um, so other stuff that's happened. Um, last week I did a weird impulse purchase. And uh, as you can see behind you, you an impulse, <laughs> impulse purchase. I, this is an impulse purchase I never thought I would need. I bought myself a projector. For movies? Movies, video games, whatever. It's really small. It's like small. Like I'm trying to think of what the actual size of it is. It's like. But where are you going to project? Well, I don't know. That's a problem. My apartment's not really meant for ceiling? projecting. It's more of just, I think I, I bought it and I sort of figure like opportunities to project things will present themselves. I'm not uh, replacing my TV. Gotcha. Um, it was $67. Oh. So that's impulse purchase it price. Okay. No, it's only 1080. Um, but still pretty good. Like, yeah. and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about having a projector just for whatever reasons, uh, one might need one of those. Cause that's a thing. Yeah. I, I guess. I um, think it is. 
So that was kind of a fun rando thing. Thank you, Amazon. Um, and also, if you want to start making crazy impulse purchases, go to 9to5toys.com. Uh, it is a magical website where it talks about like really good price breaks on movies, games, huh. you know, tech. It'll let you know when a retailer, a web retailer in New Jersey is selling MacBooks for 500 bucks off. Like, it's great. Nine to five toys. The number nine, T-O, number five, toys.com. It's that awesome. sounds like a really good website to have in my arsenal, actually. It's really good. I mean, it's kind of like, and most of their stuff is very tech heavy. So, like, they'll be like, oh, the Google Mesh Wi-Fi home networking system is the lowest it's ever been today. Like, and they'll post a link to where it is on Amazon or, like, with this projector. They're like, this projector is 99 bucks, which is a crazy price for such a small you know, not terrible projector. Yeah, it's not but like, you said you got for less than that. And they were like, and it's 67 bucks with this code. So I put the code in on Amazon and it checked out and it was under 70. But yeah, it's a projector that you have no use for at the moment. But at the moment. But seriously, I mean, like, I, I think projectors, I think like $900. I don't think 67. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I l- they do get into the thousands. Yeah, I actually paid more for my digital pre-order of Destiny 2. Oh. I did the one that comes with all the expansion content because I always play the expansion content on Destiny. Of course you do. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, so that happened. Uh, I pre-ordered Project Scorpio. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, at Gamescom, they announced that they were doing a special launch edition of the Xbox One X that has uh, extra sort of design on it. Nice. Um, they didn't say how many they're making, but it's like a launch edition. So I pre-ordered that. Snatched that baby right up. I snatched it indeed. Yes, you did. And then um, uh, today I attempted to get snatchy. But it didn't work. Oh, I know um, where I know. Yeah, so I got a, a text from uh, this lovely lady across from me, letting <laughs> me know that GameStop had um, they were opening up pre-orders for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Classic, and uh, and they let you have it. I happened to I happened to run over to GameStop because my office is pretty close to one, and um, I was like, I don't know, maybe eight nine people deep in line. And I think my store only got like 10. And I'm guessing they must have sold some before I got there. What a fucking and bummer. While I was in line, the last two people got theirs. Uh, so I saw that happen, but like they were having server problems. Like oh, apparently no. all of GameStop was just having some problems because everybody was pre ordering that at the same time. Oh, yeah. And so I read, I saw yeah. that because of that, like eBay prices jetted sky high yeah due to this it's heartbreaking like and it just it frustrates me so much because like i love nintendo and i just want to buy their stuff and i feel like this is just a being jerks this is just a bummer they're being jerks well the weird thing is like i don't i don't think i feel like it's almost not intentional on nintendo's part because there's really because they did this before well that's the thing like it, it seems frustrating because like they had to have learned from the nes classic but at the same time scalpers and people selling stuff on ebay for double triple quadruple the cost nintendo doesn't see a dime of that like they get the initial price they charged and that's it like they just want to create a hype oh which yeah they found a way to create a just and feverish demand right it's the tickle me elmo phase of any product but the thing is though you don't make enough people are going to fight over it and you become popular for a week but at least the thing is tickle me elmo eventually they made enough over time where everyone who wanted one got one 
Yes. The NES Classic, but that they happened. discontinued. But that was two years at, later, basically. I would gladly buy so, an NES Classic a year from now if they made them still. You know what? They might come back two years from now. I would love that. Well, then we'll see. Dear Nintendo, <laughs> bring back your shit or keep it going for several years so I can buy it. Okay. Because I want it. <laughs> um, and then at least uh, because I don't hold a grudge and because I'm terrible with money, um, while I was in line at GameStop, uh, I ended up buying a crazy impulse purchase uh like as much as i don't like gamestop Not all that much you, Rob. i know as much as i don't like gamestop <laughs> that much and as much as i was kind of pissed off about why i was there and didn't get anything uh i grabbed this very handsome hairy box that i was rubbing earlier yeah uh, it is a box literally covered in in like a fur in fur and it is of a card game it reminds me of the book from harry potter that looks oh. like a spider the monster book and so it is a game it's called a monster Bears versus babies. Is that the one where you have to like stroke the spine to make it yes, go to sleep? Yes, yes. Yeah, so bears versus babies. It is from the makers of... God damn it, I can't... There we go. Lid's off now. Uh, from the makers of Exploding Kittens. Oh! And this is the thing. And so while I was there, I grabbed the box because it was all furry and it stuff. It has a condom. And then... So it comes with these cards here. Then I bought the Not Safe for Work pack, which comes with a condom... That is, I was like, a condom, why? Because it's bears versus babies. Uh, so it says, use this or the babies win. And also, oh, then they say, no. use bear control. See what they did there? Wah, wah. Yeah. And there's a bear saying, F you, baby. So uh, anyway, yeah, I'm excited about playing that because I had a good time with Exploding Kittens. And um, bears yeah, versus babies cool. seems kind of cute. Any game that comes in a furry box, I'm there. Right? I mean, like, the packaging is kind of just Genius. beyond it's it's so good so um yeah. yeah bears versus babies all right let's do it how many players is it uh it is for two to five players and it only takes 20 minutes to play we could literally play this on a podcast yeah and it says ages 10 and up which um not the case because i got the not safe for work pack so it's gonna be a little you know more 18 and up it's 12 and up oh shit <laughs> so um anyway that's what i've been up to uh sorry a lot of little stuff but that's it was fun to talk cute. about lots of things yeah that's awesome thanks well while you've been buying things i've been playing things <gasps> what have you been playing uncharted lost legacy launch what <laughs> i've never heard of this game well, I thought we should talk about an Uncharted game finally on this podcast. Okay, I mean, I guess, you know, <laughs> the fans have been clamoring, so here we go. Yeah, and guess what? I already beat it, because I'm obsessed. <laughs> Madam, you have a problem. I know, but it was really good. Yeah? Yeah, it's not as long as a typical Uncharted game, as we know, because the price is 40 bucks, so you get about 40 bucks worth of game. That so, sounds good. Yeah. Because to be honest, I got too much game for 60 when I played Uncharted 4. I thought the Ooh. game was too long. Oh, that's not a very good review. And it, was a, it was a fine game. It just overstayed its welcome. Ooh. Um, yeah, this one is about a third less game than that. Okay. So, but you know, it's still long. It's still epic. You still got... in the graphics on this one compared to all the other Uncharted. It's like Uncharted 4 is gorgeous. Uncharted Lost Legacy, like, I don't know what they did to make it so different. And you're just playing on a regular PS4. You're not even on a Pro. It looks Pro. It looks 4K to me. I can't even imagine what it's going to look like for you. It's going to be... I want to watch you play, actually. actually. I'm going to toss it in the system now so at least it can download the update. So keep talking. Yeah. I want to know what your thoughts are on this thing. Yeah, totally. 
So, um, this, they've, I mean, it's so beautiful that they've got this photo mode where you can take pictures in the game of stills of your characters in action. And according to Rob, you can change the facial expressions, you can change the lighting, you can change the filters, you can change the fade, the fuzz, the zoom, the distance. It's crazy what you can do to make like these professional photos in this game because it's just so beautiful. Um, the characters obviously are awesome because it's Chloe and Nadine. And um, do the... they do a good job sort of fleshing out Nadine further? Yeah, you know what? They have really good banter, and it's very borderline lesbianic, which really? is very exciting. I was sort of feeling like they might possibly, you know, not insinuate, but I think that I felt they might sort of dip their toe in that sort of. I know, think thing. Nadine might be a lesbian. Yeah. I'm not sure because I know she kind of did stuff with Rafe and some other characters in the previous mm. game, or at least it was hinted at. But she said it was it was a work thing. It had nothing to do with like it was for work. Like she did what she needed to do to get what she wanted. Okay. Whatever, whatever that means, whatever it is. I mean, they were they have some really good chemistry, and I could and, see Chloe as being just a free spirit doing whatever she wants. Right, that's what I'm saying. But they do touch upon her relationship with Nathan, and that's very exciting. And, um, yeah, and I'm not going to give away anything, obviously, but um, that's basically it. I would play it again. I will play it again. It's probably... I played it in 11 hours. I did, like, the secret side... Not side missions, but there's things you can collect to unveil other things in it. And so I did all those missions, and... I'm excited to play the multiplayer because you get more shit. Well, and I saw that there's like two multiplayer modes that are at least on the back of the box for me because I bought a disc because I'm a dinosaur who likes physical media. Yes. I saw it says includes Uncharted 4 multiplayer and it also includes... Survival mode. Okay, survival. Is that like horde mode? Survival mode is available on Uncharted 4 also. Oh, okay. But it's basically rounds and you get waves of enemies per round okay. and you just have to survive their waves. So, yeah, it's a horde mode. Yeah. Got it. Good to yeah. know. But wow. um, the patch for that game is small. It's uh, nearly finished. Oh, sweet. So the game will be patched and ready to go by the time we're yeah. done here, so we can take a look. And I forgot to mention, other than in the very first scene when she's um in her sorry, sorry, not sorry, she her, she's very stiff almost looking. So you start the game off like, oh, this might not be so great. But then when you get into it, it's some of the best character animation I have mm. ever seen. And it's, it's, God, it's beautiful. Whoever yes. likes Uncharted out there, you are going to be deeply, deeply satisfied with this game. And it is my second favorite Uncharted game of the series. Behind two? Behind two. Two is so good. Yeah. Nice. Two is so good. Two is, this, it's just amazing. This hit my sweet spot. This hit my G spot right here. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> nice. So, Yeah. So are you, do you play anything else, or is it uh, just Uncharted Lost Legacy? Well, I've been gone all week. I know, and I know that you've been sort of like just kind of getting nice and hungry for, for this yeah, one. Yeah, and I'll probably stuck on this for a while. Um, next thing, Destiny 2. Uh, Travis, he already gifted it to me for my birthday when I was in Santa Cruz, along with this dope Santa Cruz windbreaker. That is so cool. I'm, like Santa Cruz Skate Company? or I'm so thugging it. I cannot wait. I already rocked it once in West Hollywood. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so very excited about all my gifts I got. And um, 
and Destiny 2. Yeah. And playing Uncharted, Lost Legacy, and watching you play it, and getting your feedback, so. Cool. I mean, it's been a long time coming. I've been talking about this game since the very first podcast. Yeah, because this thing, what they announced it uh, at PSX in December of last year, and yeah. we started recording shortly after that. February. Yeah, so. Yeah. We only had two months worth of uh, not talking about it when we knew about it. I know. So. Gosh, I wish we could. I wish you played it. So I know, we, but I before we can get into details, we gotta let other people play yeah. it too. So yeah, but it was the, yeah. My disc arrived today while I was at work, and yeah. just got a chance to finally put it in the PS4. Now I was actually like not gonna do it till tomorrow, but we should probably take a look. Yeah. So um, I actually played a bunch of stuff. Okay, uh, go for it. Okay, Dark Souls. Boom. I'm seven bosses in. That's crazy. Suck it, sense fortress. Okay. Uh, so that's that. Uh, I started playing Hey Pikmin. On the 3DS, it's the side-scroller Pikmin game. Uh-uh, I don't know it. It's cute. Not great, but it's cute. Okay. You know, Pikmin 3 was honestly... Great. Yeah, Pikmin 3 was fucking fantastic, and um, I knew it wasn't going to be on that same level, but I'm enjoying it. Okay. Um, so uh, I started playing a indie title on PS4 called Observer, which is a... Uh, first-person adventure exploration puzzle type game more probably like first person adventure um that is a cyberpunk setting where the lead uh actor and it lead character is voiced and has the same face as rutger hauer so um yeah it uh i'm not loving its mechanics so far to be honest but um i feel like i need to give it more time because adventure titles often take a little bit to sort of open up and really kind of uh show their stripes and open up and be good, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I started playing Observer, um, and I was into that one ever since we did the uh, the ID and Xbox montage for E3, because mm-hmm. the footage for it in that was really cool, and so I'm really looking forward to, to getting more into it. Oh, cool. So, that's Observer. Uh, I bought Sonic Mania. What do you think? It actually is pretty good. Um, like, Todd loves Sonic. Um, I enjoyed Sonic growing up. Now, I can't even really look back and be like, you know, Sonic 1, 2, and 3, like, they're good memories for me, but they're not the best games. When I think of Sonic, I think of going into F.A.O. Schwartz in um, San Francisco when the store was open. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's open anymore. I think all the F.A.O. Schwartz are gone. Even in New York? Oh, maybe that one's still there. I think that one's still there. I thought most of them were gone. It was there when I was there a few years ago. Mm. Um, But... They had Sonic, it just launched on Sega Genesis, yeah. and it was everywhere, and I was just so in awe, because I had, you know, Nintendo, but yeah. this thing And Sega was doing what so Nintendo don't. fast. Yeah. Yeah. It looked so fast, and the characters were so big, and it's so colorful, and I just remember, this is the future. Yeah. No, it's like when I got my Genesis, like... Sonic blew my mind. Yeah. And Sonic 2 was honestly such a massive improvement over the original. Mm-hmm. And Sonic 3 was great. Um, Sonic and Knuckles, less so. And then then we started seeing like the diminishing returns on Sonic. Oh, Knuckles. I love Knuckles. I, was, I like Knuckles He's as a character. I just, he could be a crush of my week. You know, the game wasn't doing it for me necessarily, though. But yeah. like, um, and all the time, Todd will ask me like, oh, hey, how can I get Sonic on the new systems? Is there, you know, a collection? Is there... It's available digitally or whatever. And I always sort of drag my feet where I'm always like, well, you know, like there are ways like, you know, it's on 
several collections for several different things. But um, Sonic Mania actually is great, and I feel it's actually probably the best thing that Todd could play because it is like thoroughly modern in its tech, but it looks fairly retro, and it's all very familiar. It uses a lot of um, settings and conventions and stuff from previous Sonic games, but it totally treats them in a remixed, shuffled, modern way. And nice. it feels really good. Okay. So um, I done, I've done like one world worth of play of it, and Todd's done, I think, three so far. And um, yeah, I can see why everyone's as excited as they are about Sonic Mania. It is like the first Sonic game that's felt really like relevant and good since, I'd say, Sonic Adventure for the Dreamcast. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, like it's pretty good. So um, there's that. Uh, I remember talking to Travis a while ago, last time he was on the podcast, about the Space Ace and uh, Dragon's Lair, you know. That's because you two are making fun of me because I was saying that they're going to make a new Dragon's Lair movie. And they're like, live action. I'm like, no, it's a cartoon. Well, we already have the video game. Why I, do we need a live action? Why do we need a movie? I do, I do talk like that. Oh yeah, it's that was true. you two combined. Oh, okay, no, it's I did who told like that. Uh, no, um, <laughs> well, we talked about like there was a game that he actually wanted to play really badly that he never got a chance to, um, of that same sort Space of Ace. ilk. No, Brain Dead Thirteen. Oh, that's right, with the little bat guy. Yeah, Fritz. Uh, and so I actually just happened to look it up. Brain Dead Thirteen. Fun fact: available for the iPhone. Wow. It will give you a notification that like it doesn't support the current iOS. But um, it worked just fine but for me. Do. Yeah, it worked just fine for me, even with the error. It was a little not perfect, but um, it's like four bucks or something. And if you can't play it otherwise, you could do worse. So, yeah, um, so you can play on your iPad too. No, it actually does not support the iPad. I, I was hoping, and it doesn't. Oh damn! Just iPhone. Hodor. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. But um, Braided Thirteen. If you want to play it, that's the way. Um, I also played a little Destiny. Oh, a couple days ago, um, Nick and I, uh, or Nick actually was excellent, and he hit the Destiny Reddit and put out a little beacon saying, "Hey, I have a friend, me, uh, who has not done a raid yet, and so um, and raids, there's no matchmaking, but you need like six players, yeah, and you need to be like on your headphones or in your headsets communicating because it's all about teamwork." And, like, if one person blows it, like, the whole raid can fail. Um, it's very much, like, it's sort of, what I guess... What raid did you do? We did the Vault of Glass. Um, and, yeah, but like, raids are kind of considered, like, the, you know, the... I don't know if it's, like, the elite missions or whatever, but, like, they're, like, the kind of the height of, of play for Destiny. Is that kind of, like, what the the ones with, the, like, the priest and all that? It's similar to a strike, but, like, very... Like, the strikes are often things you've already done in other missions, just sort of strung together. The raids are I, their own thing, and they're they're but the, and they have often different rules when it comes to respawns and stuff like that. As far as I could tell from my one experience with it, so uh, it was me and Nick and four I want to say randos because they answered the call and they joined the party, so we knew they were coming. Um, and they it was it was a really good experience. It was like five people who knew I was a noob when it came to to raids. They were like talking me through it like being really supportive it was just a really fun they were coddling you no they were they were they were shepherding me they were breastfeeding you (laughs) how dare you (laughs) um so that was a good experience so i did a little destiny rating so i i officially feel like maybe my time with the original destiny is done and i'm and then as soon like i think wait for destiny 2 though can i be a part of 
all this magic. Yeah. Nobody loves me. No, you you got to be you know leveled appropriately and ready to go. Well, everybody's going to be the same on Destiny 2. Well, once you level up and with everyone else, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which the raid won't, I think like the raids, they didn't add to Destiny until a while after it had been out. So I imagine there probably won't be a raid on Destiny 2 for a hot minute. Hmm. But um, yeah, so that was that. And uh, the one game that I really wanted to talk about that I played, um, I played through over a weekend. It took me, I think, two days because um, I broke it up. It probably was about seven, maybe eight hours. Yeah. Um, I played Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. I don't. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, the one with the, the the character animation that looks really good, yes. and the character models that look almost real. Yeah. Um. So Hellblade: Sinuous Sacrifice is from Ninja Theory, the people who made Heavenly Sword for PS3, and yeah, then DMC and uh, Enslaved: Journey to the West. It looks like a beautiful nightmare. It is. Uh. So the story of it is you are a woman named Sinua who is going through Norse hell. To save her lover, her lover's soul. Um, and um, so you're basically going through hell and dealing with gods. Like, you actually, your your goal is to get to Hela, um, you know, who will be played by Cate Blanchett yes. in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you learn a lot about, like, Norse mythology and stuff, which is interesting. And But, like, the interesting catch about this whole experience, which going through hell is already quite a bit uh your lead character suffers from severe psychosis so she hears voices and uh sees things that maybe necessarily aren't there and um and so the whole time you're playing the game there is heavy 3d directional sound it encourages you play with headphones there's 3d very highly directed sound of multiple voices either egging you on or casting doubts on your abilities and talking about what you're doing the whole time you're doing it. Huh. It's like the whole game is very creepy. Yeah. Um, and um, like a nightmare. it's really, it's very, very effective. Uh, the combat in it is not the best, which is unfortunate because there's quite a bit of it. Um, and it's a lot of environmental puzzles. It's a very linear experience. Um, but it does such a good job with its um, communicating its narrative and its character performance and also just the fidelity of the world it created. It's really, really striking. And um, like I was talking to some people at work about it because like us people at work played it over the same weekend I did. We didn't know that. We compared notes the following week. And um, one thing that's really interesting is like there's a lot of scenes where your character is going through severe anguish whether it is physical pain, emotional pain, just, uh, you know, her brain is kind of broken and she's being victimized by a lot of things for the entire game. And it's amazing how much her suffering lands every single time. I felt it every time it happened. There was never like a moment where I was like, this is hammy or or Mm -hmm. cheesy or whatever. Every single time I was just like, this game is unbelievably fucked up. Like every time. Like, it's, I don't know, there was something very, I I don't know if it just spoke, like, heavily to me, or, and no one else feels this way, but, like, I don't know, it was, it was, it was a game I had to kind of take breaks from every now and then. Oh, no. It was really cool. No, it was very, very impressive. And, like, you know, it's kind of fun, also, like, the developers, because they wanted to communicate this idea of psychosis, they actually met with, like, um, psychiatric uh, facilities, patients, doctors, in order to really best communicate 
like that sort of hardship mm-hmm. and like the sim or the, the I guess the symptoms or like you know just what they go through um because their whole idea is like video games are a really great way for you to step into somebody else's shoes and potentially experience other realities and this is a thing where like where people wh- who have severe mental illness like what they see may not be real to us but it's very real to them yeah and so to actually be in the foot in the 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 shoes of this woman going through this experience like this is just her life kind of like this is you know what she goes through and it was really it was very cool so it's very heavy though like that was a and i keep thinking like it was a game i liked so much if limited run games makes like a disc of it mm-hmm. i will gladly buy it i want it on my shelf like i really liked it um however i don't think i'll ever play it again because it was just a lot oh shit. it's a lot to do um I'll, yeah i do want to actually play that one so maybe i'll look into that one yeah the combat's not great and there's a lot and um one thing i know a lot turn a lot of people off is it has a potential permadeath element where um because like uh she has a there's like a rot that's growing up her it's starting at her hand and it's going up her arm mm-hmm. and every time you die the rot advances if oh. the rot reaches her head it deletes your game save <gasps> and you have to start over can you have multiple game saves no you just have the one. Oh well you better be strategic well and like and one thing you can do and like i did this just for safety because i started playing when i was really tired at the end like i was convinced i knew i was close to the end and i was really tired and so just for safekeeping I actually would uh, copy my game save. I would quit the game every now and then after like a big milestone. I would quit the game, save it to a f- save my uh, my save to a flash drive, and oh, pull wow. the flash drive out. So I was like, worst case, if it deletes my save, I can just restore it from an old one and kind of go back into it. That's called cheating. Yeah. Well, I didn't have to actually use it. Yeah. So it's fine. Okay. Um, it was also <laughs> a nice way to take some breaks. Yeah. Um, but yeah speaking of living to run games, though. My copy of Night Trap arrived today as well. Uh, so, party time. Excellent. Th- yeah, that's a thing I'll play someday. But it's here, and it's beautiful. It looks just like the Sega mess. CD box. It's going to be a hot mess. Oh, everyone I know is like, the game is not good. But I'm very excited about playing it. And I'm about to put on like my early 90s. If they're uh, doing this, I hope they do do it to other games like right? Phantasmagoria. Oh my god, well, I would love that. The Beast um, Within, but I like mean, all the ones we've named before that yeah. we love. But yeah, I feel like uh, you know this is. Uh, I'll just put on my early '90s vision goggles and uh, act like I'm super offended by how risque this game is, even though yeah, apparently yeah. it's tame as hell <laughs> by today's standards. So I, I'm very excited about digging the night trap. Exciting, yeah, yeah. So cool. that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, played lots of stuff. I was busy. Yeah, you were. I was busy eating corn dogs and drinking. You were busy living your life in Santa Cruz. A lot. Yeah. And I was a nerd playing video games the whole time. That's okay. Hey, we each have our roles to fill. Our things. You know, that's, yeah, I I was just, I was being on brand. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, while I was, I did something nerdy while in Santa Cruz. I read a graphic novel for a graphic jam. Oh, we're in a graphic jam. Can we? Yeah, I thought we might learn something. Oh yeah. But we can do. We can gra- We can jam some graphics first. Let's learn something first. All right, let's I learn. Think you're right. Let's learn things. The word of the week is confabulate. Confabulate. Yes. Well, that's a verb. It is a verb. And to confabulate 
Oh man, it just I it sounds great. Sounds magical. It sounds like a good thing. <laughs> um confabulate. Yeah. God, I mean it just sounds like so many pieces of so many words. Uh I I feel like it would be to uh to come to come to some sort of conclusion that is possibly more than like almost feels like to come to a conclusion that is an exaggeration, which I don't think there should be a word for that, to be honest, now that I've just gave that definition what what is, <laughs> what is the definition of confabulate to converse informally or chat oh basically what we do yeah, we so confabulate to, on this podcast so to chew the fat is <laughs> to confabulate yes that is the most pompous word for such a yeah. mundane activity yeah i like it yeah it's good stuff well, I enjoy confabulating with you. Thank you. I enjoy it with you as well. I was using the sentence. <laughs> Applied knowledge. Yeah. Aren't we smart? Yeah. <laughs> so let's chat graphic jams. Graphic jams. Honk, honk. <laughs> You're always crashing the car and then farting. This week on Graphic Jam is In Real Life by Corey Doctorow and Jen Wang, by, um, published by First Second Books. And in real life is about this girl named Anda, who is a high school student, and she joins this guild. And in this guild, she's not really an online gamer, but she becomes curious because a speaker comes to her class and talks about the the kind of camaraderie of online gaming and the group, you know, the group, whatever. Dynamic. Dynamic. Thank you. Told you my brain was foggy. Even more so than usual. And, um... Yeah, so she's like, fine, this sounds fun, let's do this. So she gets her mom to get her to join this guild, because you have to have a PayPal account to join the guild, which is weird at first, but um, she's playing, 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 and she comes across these other characters called gold miners, and another character in the game says, hey, let's kill all the gold miners because they're cheaters in the game, and they're just making money in order to sell it offline so people can join the game and basically power up because they have money. Okay, so this is very much ripped from real life. It's real life, yeah. So, not to go into too many details, but she befriends one of the gold miners as she's killing them off, and one of them survives and kind of shows her the special power and Mm. says, hey, I have to gold mine because... I'm in China, and this is how I make money to survive. And so it's this huge dynamic of, like, East versus West, what capitalism versus economic harshness. It's a whole bunch of different things that happen in this graphic novel that's for kids, basically. Interesting. And it... Well, it's interesting that a graphic novel is, like, dealing with the issue of gold farming head-on. Like It was... Very intense for this very small graphic novel that looked like a cartoon. Interesting. And yeah, it went into um, strikes and, you know, what are the consequences of strikes in big business? What are the consequences of strikes overseas and those types of businesses? It went all in. But it was a really cute story because the whole, like all of, I mean, it plays in both parts. It plays in her real high school life. And what's going on there. Plus it plays in her game life. So you kind of see her fantasy version as well. And it's really good story. So yeah, it's called In Real Life. And um, like I said, by Corey Doctorow. And I do recommend it. It's very good. 
It's good for kids. It's good for adults. It's good for everyone. Teens, probably. I would say it's best for teens. Well, Lord help school. me. Lord help me if they make a fucking graphic novel where they humanize SNES classic scalpers. Oh. Not okay with that. This, this, they're gold farmers. Yeah. Got to kill I'm them all. With, I'm fine with gold farming. Got to kill them all. Because I don't play those games. So people can gold farm all they want. They can. And they're providing a service that people are willing to pay for. But like, you know. It is cheating. It No, it is cheating. But yeah, I don't know if I blame the gold farmers or the people buying the gold. I blame the people paying the gold farmers to gold farm. Yeah. I mean, it, it is creating a job it that is, is kind of skeezy. Yeah. Like, but they're just pleasing the demand. I don't know. The whole thing is weird, you know? Yeah. And But the, here's the other catch. She's getting paid to kill through her PayPal account. So, yeah, to she killed the gold. She farmer. is a hired assassin, pretty much. So she's basically doing the same thing, but she doesn't realize it until mm. later because she's making money off the same damn thing. It's so just she's kind of a hypocrite. Yeah. Interesting. So there's a, there's a lot of. Yeah, back and forth in this this um, graphic novel that's full of action and it's full of heart. So nice. Yeah. Anything on the vinyl frontier? No. 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 That record skipped. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't think I got any any video game records recently. I've just gotten normal records. Yeah. Which that's been fun. But did um, you ever get the Hot Fuzz one? Has not shipped yet. It looks like pancakes. It's it's like an ale color, yeah. So it looks it'll probably look like pancakes. It looks like pancakes with like butter on top. Oh, well, I'm excited about that. Like it's it. Uh, I think I got the email that it has shipped, but it just isn't here yet. Mm. So, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um. So, uh, news. news. Do you have some newsy stuff? Because I, um, I have a handful of newsy things. We already talked about the NES Classic, SNES Classic. Mm. Um, just real. I have two really small things. I'll just say them really fast. Age of Empires 4 is in development, says Microsoft. Yes. Super exciting. Did you have that? No. Oh, yes. I love Age of Empires. Yeah? I've played 1, 2, 3, and Mythology. What, and they're doing like a Age of Empires, I think, Definitive Edition? It's like a remaster of a previous title? Um, supporting 4K, I think, and all that. Yeah. I, I believe. I don't know the details. That's very. Exciting. But um, it was part of uh, one of my Xbox montages that I made for E3. Oh wow! Yeah, I have to check that out. Yeah. So um, yeah, Age of Empires four, and then the last thing. Yes. Is Stephen King's It gets a throwback video game. What? So if you go to the Stephen King's It website for the film, you can play an eight bit kind of like video game where you play as Georgie's little um, paper boat ah. going down the sewer and you have to dodge red balloons, Pennywise, other bad things. Well, it's like, uh, speaking of It, I'm actually stepping up my read-through of It. I have like, what, two weeks before the movie comes out. Yeah. So I'm desperately trying to get through it. I'm only... It's a very big book. I think I'm like 35% through it. I still have like 700 more pages to go. It's a thousand pages, isn't it? The paperback I have apparently, or like I bought the ebook, um, which I think is going off the paperback formatting, which mm. says it's fourteen hundred pages. Um, which I'm doing that combined with the audiobook. The audiobook is forty four hours. Um, I'm doing the audiobook at one and a half speed, so I can keep moving. Yeah. And then I'm reading whenever I am able to, but whenever I can, I listen. So um, hey, Georgie. Yes, yeah, so I'm hoping to get <laughs> through it. Uh, but it's also in L.A. The house on Nebolt Street 
has been built. Uh, it is, I, I think it is, I don't know if it's like a horror house experience or something like that. But like, oh, yeah. they built the house. The house, yeah. So that's kind of a fun thing that it's is in LA. Isn't it? I think that's what it is. But I think it's booked up solid through the entirety of its run. I think they've booked all their time slots. So, um, but yeah, so I didn't even have anything about it on here, but since you brought it up. That'd be fun to go through. Oh my God. Yeah. I would die. Um, so newsy stuff that I have, this is a bit of sad news. Um, Crackdown 3 got delayed until 2018, spring 2018. I never played one or two. Oh my God. They're so fun. Uh, they're great. And, um, I was really looking forward to Crackdown 3. It was supposed to come out launch day with the Xbox One X. So um, I was really looking forward to that. So it's an Xbox title. It is Xbox exclusive. It's made, It's published by Microsoft. That's why I never played. So um, yeah, I'm really bummed that it is delayed. But um, you know what? Better to delay the game and make it good so when it comes out, it's not broken. Okay. Because speaking of broken games, see that segue I did there? Yeah. Mass okay. Effect Andromeda. Oh no, not you again. They just they just announced that it is going to be re- receiving no single player expansion content. The single player support for that game is now done. Wait, what does that mean? It means there's not going to be any single player DLC made for it at all. Like they uh I think they I don't know if they did a season pass or not for it, but um they said the only expansion content the game is going to get will be multiplayer expansions which will uh, enhance or extend the story in a in a multiplayer capacity. Um, single player support is officially done, though. The game will not get any larger for people who play offline. Wow. Yeah. So they're really cutting back on that one, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, the game's been out for five months. They've been patching it the whole time, and it sounds like maybe they've kind of hit the end. They're like, we're over this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. Um. And then what else? Uh, okay. Ooh, Sense Eight. Yes. It is getting a, you know a wrap up sort of movie. Sure, our movie. Um, but uh, a website, the, an unexpected website, has recently spoken up saying that they would love to produce and distribute an additional season of Sense Eight. They wrote an open letter, I believe, to oh, wow. to the Wachowskis, um, saying, "Hey." You know, your show is unconventional and deals with sexuality in a whole interesting way. So we would love to produce and distribute your show in, um, you know, like on a on our platform, which is very sexually adventurous. And we'll get there. And uh, and they even said, like, but the interesting thing is, though, I mean, like, this is not a platform. It's Cinemax. It is X hamster dot com. I have no idea what that means. It's like Pornhub. Oh no! But like X Hamster is saying, though they would like to actually do another season of of Sense Eight because Sense Eight is making bold, bold uh, strides forward when it comes yeah. to sexuality uh, on camera. They don't want to make it into a porn show, but they want to, you know, just let it uh, do tell its story. But the interesting thing is, though, that like it's kind of it's a real strange choice. First off, but the one thing that X Hamster X Hamster. But the thing that makes it really interesting would be, though, if they decided to do it, they would be the only scripted original series on this normal, like, free porn site. And so it's kind of interesting to think, like, 
you know, that's like, you're totally a big fish in a small pond. Like you're, you're the, you're the only one. There's no competition. It's not like Sense8. Oh, it's like, oh, our ratings suck compared to Orange is the New Black. It's the only show on this platform. So it's kind of interesting. I don't think that the Wachowskis will bite, but um, it was a funny offer. Yeah. So. Can you imagine seeing all your favorite shows on porn sites? Like My Little Pony. <laughs> well, it would be a, it would be an interesting um sort of uh thing where even like um you know just to sort of uh to have a platform that like cause then it would be the, the equivalent of HBO providing like full on porn because like then you have a choice of whatever you're gonna watch like you have your normal stuff or you have your adult stuff like and if Sense Eight went to that it'd be like it would be like going into an X ray video store and finding the R rated movie yeah and watching it but like. You know, you don't have to go there for smut. You can go there for actual programming you want to see. Yeah. Or your programming that you, you are seeking out that isn't pornography. Yeah. So, um, interesting there. Yeah. Um, okay. Other, there's a quick little hits here. Bethesda announced the release dates of all of their big VR titles that are coming this year. Skyrim VR, which is exclusive to PlayStation VR, comes dope. out uh, November 17th. That'd be dope. Doom VFR, no, which is which is coming to both PlayStation VR and the Vive, I believe, is uh, December first. And Fallout Four or Fallout VR, which is exclusive to the Vive, comes out on twelve twelve. Really exclusive so. to Vive, no PS, huh? No, I think. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I imagine Fallout is a beast to render in VR. I played it at E three, and I'm pretty sure they had me on a pretty beefy computer, and it was still. Not the smoothest experience, but it was fun. Um, and so I'm really excited about Doom VR. That's the one I really want to play the most. Yeah, that sounds intense. Well, and it's its its, its own game, which is nice, because like Skyrim VR is Skyrim. It's the full oh, game. so it's not Doom, the one we just played? No, it's based on that sort of thing, but it is its own game. Like, it's not just a VR version of the Doom we played. Really? Yeah, it, it is specially made experience for VR. Huh. So I'm excited about that. Um... And then uh, um, I got two other little brief bits of news. Um, Six years ago, there was a game called Brink. Not a great game, to be honest. It's from Splash Damage, uh, the company who developed it. And um, it it was a game that was meant to be played, multiplayer. Um, It's a shooter. And I I think it might have been a little ahead of its time, or maybe it just didn't do it right. I don't know why it didn't succeed. Um, But it was on PS3, PC xbox 360 um and i wanted to love it i really did because it is one of the most cool looking games ever like the characters are very very um stylized and i remember just loving its visual look and um they came up with this really interesting idea the acronym for it was smart which stood for smooth movement across random terrain. So it was this game that combined both parkour movement with multiplayer shooting. And um, it's just the whole, the, everything about it, like it's like every character in the game looks like your standard, like a graphic novel that of um, like a way overpronounced French person. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like they all have very, very strong features. They look very... Um, it's just, it seems like if you see a comic, you know, where it's depicting a, a Frenchman, like they tend to have very, you know, um, exaggerated facial features. Yeah, I don't know why, but it's just how like, it works. Um, oh, what's that game that we love that's also very stylized? Um, fuck. 
with them, the assassins. Oh, and the second one was a girl. God, my brain. What was it? What platform? P.S. All of it. Susan Sarandon did a voice. Oh, Dishonored. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, no, it's funny. It, it is similar in that like these people have very elongated faces and they have very grotesque but very strong features. Yeah, and, this um, looks cool. Yeah, like Brink went free to play for PC uh, today. Like when oh, we record cool. today, which I guess is only really yesterday for those listening. Um, so yeah, so Brink, I don't, I, I'm kind of curious if maybe with the community coming to the free to play thing, maybe the game will be really great. I don't know. Um, it was a game that had a lot of opportunities and to be great. And I think it just kind of didn't really hit any of them, especially well. But um, I don't know. I keep, I'm, I keep getting drawn back to it just because of its style it's interesting and all that. All of the characters are male. I, yeah, I, don't they know don't if there's have one female character in this. Yeah, I don't know if there's female characters in it. That's fucking weird. Well, yeah, that that is weird. Yeah, but yeah, I love the style of it, and um, but yeah, so Brink free to play for those that are uh, into that on via Steam. And um, lastly, that I have, uh, Shenmue Three had a trailer that released at Gamescom, and uh, the characters are ugly as hell. Shenmue 3. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. I kickstarted that game. I was one of the Kickstarter supporters. And um because I like Shenmue 1. How do you spell that? S H E N M U E. Gotcha. And uh the Shenmue trailer, like Shenmue 3 trailer, it really like I would say environments and like all the stuff that they're holding, like all the props, I guess. Like in uh in-game objects and the environments are stunning. Like, it looks great. It looks like uh, the game Neo, to be honest. Like, it has that very, like, detailed, uh, very Japanese look. Um, but all the characters look, like, straight from the Dreamcast, which is... Yeah, why are they so, like... They're really ugly. Bit. Yeah, they're, they're really <laughs> ugly. Um, I do... Like, the game is probably two years away from being done. Like, I mean, the game is very early development still. So I'm sure it'll be fine. But wow, when I saw the trailer, it was a little hard oh, to not God, like. Their faces are squished and weird. And... One guy looks like he has total plastic surgery face. Yeah, like he I'm looks like the Catwoman right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, do with that what you will. But um, the trailer is not a great trailer, to be honest. Um, and uh, the, but like, there's a lot that the game looks like really nice. And so I'm just surprised they showed as much of the bad as they did because there's so much that looks really good. If they just wanted to do a trailer that was just the environment, I would have been totally on board. Um, but instead, they showed some character animations, which were a little questionable. But anyway, Shenmue 3, I'm still excited. I have faith. I've also already paid for my game. Um, right. So because, you know, they kickstarted it and I wanted to contribute. So um, I'm excited. I'm hopeful. Well, here's to you and Shenmue. Shenmue. <laughs> so um anyway yeah that's uh that's, that's all i got that's a thing. that is a thing and yeah that that's all i had on on my my list of oh my list oh stuff that was a to chat pretty about. plentiful list yeah sorry i feel I like say we go right into the crush yeah, i feel like this podcast was like unfortunately like 90 percent me just rambling no i put in my two cents and i am not feeling 100 percent. so no. Well, I know, you know, I think it was the, hopefully I'm just thinking it's the change in all the weather over the past few days. Yeah. Like it's hot, it's cold, it's hot, it's cold, I'm dying and we're dead. So yeah, crush, go for it. 
Um, my crush this week is um. There's two of them. Oh shit! They're they're a pair. You um, slut. Atlas and Peabody from Portal Two. Atlas and P- okay. They're adorable. Like they are. Uh, they are two robots from Portal Two. And if you do the cooperative mode, um, you and your co-op partner. One pl- one controls Atlas, one controls Peabody. One has a very elongated body, and he's long and lanky. And one has a little round body, and he's a little more short and squat. Um, Cute. Yeah, I At- like that. Atlas is the short squat, and Peabody is the the long, lean one. And um, they're just adorable and so emotive for being robots without mouths. <laughs> like... Or heads, for that matter. Like, they're just these little orbs with arms and legs. Um, but, like, their little eyepieces have, like, such a strong, like, uh, connection with, with players. And um, I just, I find them absolutely adorable. And I don't even know if I have a crush on them or if I have a crush on them for each other. Because they have, like, a platonic. Wally. They have, like, a platonic love. Eva. And I'm on board. Cute. So, yeah. Atlas and Peabody. Do you think they thought of those because of Wally and Eva? I don't know. And to be honest, I, they both feel... I mean, it doesn't feel like the same romantic love as Wally and Eva. It feels almost more like... Platonic. They're bros, and one is, like, you know, and, like, you know, one's more de- demonstrative of their feelings for the other, just like, you know, I love you, man, and the other one's like, chill, dude. Chillax, dude. Um, <laughs> but, like, I think they're adorable together. They're quite the team. Cute. I like that. Yeah. Mine is Strider. Strider. Yeah. Remember Strider? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I always thought he was hot, even when he was on Neo Geo at Red Robin. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one rocking like the sort of like purple bodysuit, right? Yeah. Kind of he's ninja. He's got this cool wave of a sword he does. Like Yeah. I don't know. What's that wave called? It looks like almost like it's a power, but it's, I think he's slashing the air. Yeah, I think it's just a crazy like energy sword slash kind of thing. Yeah. Like that just creates like a little arc. When I was a kid, I thought that was like the coolest graphic because most items like shot a spark out or shard. You know, it's just a, a piece or a shard or something. This was like a wave. <laughs> no characters had a wave, so that was pretty dope. Nice. And um, yeah, he kind of looks like Ryu, and he's kind of hot. Yeah. Kind of hot, kind of hot, kind of my crush. Yeah. Yeah. He's limber, can climb walls. And Kills people. He can climb my bed walls. <laughs> what are they called? Four, four poster bed walls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so that's my crush, and I'm sticking to it. Girl, <laughs> you, you do that. Thank you. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, you can follow me. Yes, at, we can follow you. You can follow me on... <laughs> On Twitter and Instagram at Satine the Dream or on Twitch at Satine. Or people can run into you on OkCupid, apparently. Oh, God. Because that's a, that's a thing. You can date me, but <laughs> I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Fast Danger and on Instagram and Twitch at Mr. Gladstone. And I'm sorry, everyone, you cannot date me. Ugh. And I also wouldn't he recommend it. He has his own furry box right yeah. here. And even then, seriously, I wouldn't recommend dating me anyway, even if you could. Yeah. Like, just ask Todd. That's I'm, what I'm saying. I'm not that great. I'm not that great either. So, uh... Wah, wah. But I do appreciate you listening. <laughs> even, though, even though we apparently both are terrible. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah. So wh- where can they follow the podcast? Uh, you can follow the podcast at BitDiffPodcast on Twitter and Instagram. And on Facebook, right? Oh, and on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. And you can and also, on Facebook. And you can email us at BitDiffPodcast at gmail.com. We have a brand new episode every Wednesday. That is correct. Like, right now. Yeah, now I gotta go home and edit this. Well, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and uh, But I appreciate your efforts. Thank and, you. And um, would you kindly follow, rate, and comment about these efforts that Satine does to bring this to you every week? Yes. On iTunes and Google Play. Yeah, because we want to read them. Yeah. We want to share the wealth. We appreciate those kind words, like when they're posted for everyone to see, not yeah. just to Satine. Via OkCupid. Although oh, that is yeah. still really That's fucking good, cool. Though, yeah, That's like really that. cool. <laughs> yeah. We want more of a communal effort. Yeah. Like I was, I'm still, I'm so excited that, that people reached out to you and uh, our, our listeners. Yeah, me you know? too. I like that. That's excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening and ciao Bye-bye. <laughs>